I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others that make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, and we're so glad to have you here. I'm joined, as always, by Joe Chung and Mark Osterman, and I think we have a really exciting show. We're going to start talking about sweets, specifically Hyatt making their sweets available online. Seems like a good thing, but I think there will be some losers in this. We'll discuss that. We're also going to talk about an interesting retirement strategy that Benji wrote about on the site, gave us a lot to think about, and we'll dive into that. And also, five countries you should visit. Ryan wrote an article on the site about five countries that are lesser known that people should absolutely go to. He's been just about everywhere, 140 plus countries. And so we'll talk about his picks and then we'll get into ours as well. All of that and rapid fires. So stick around. If you like the show, MTM podcast is where you can go to find links to stream the show. Give your friends that address. Let people know that we're here. If you like the show, leave us a good review. We are trying to give you the best content every single week. We really appreciate it. And if you're looking for more, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories is where you can go to sign up for our Diamond Lounge. That gives you access to premium Diamond-only content every month. Plus, we have a Facebook community and a Discord community. So we're having lots of fun over there. Patreon.com forward slash miles to memories for more information. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. Mark, you're getting ready to hit the road, right? You're going on vacation. Yeah, uh, we're uh, we rented a house. It's like an hour, hour and twenty minutes away. And the house is like a co- like four houses away from a private beach. Like that, the the people that live in this neighborhood have like their own little beach that they share or whatever. So looking forward to that. My sister's coming up. Uh, we're heading out tomorrow, which is Tuesday because we're recording on Monday. Uh, my sister's coming up Wednesday with her family, and we're staying until Friday. So looking forward to it. It's a, it's totally different, which I know Joe knows when he when he got his like forty seven hundred eggs. When you're doing like a road trip and stuff, it's so much more cumbersome to pack versus, you know, if you're staying at a hotel or uh, you're flying, you know, if I'm flying somewhere, I already have like a go bag kind of set with everything I, I need in there. I just throw a computer and a couple changes of clothes and I'm ready to go. Like I can I can pack for that in like five minutes and be on, and be ready to get on the airplane. But for this stuff, it's like two days, a two day event of planning of, OK, what do we need to take? What do we need to get? What do we need to bring? So. I don't know if that was, uh, and it, or you just went to Costco and bought it all at one time, didn't you? We actually took multiple trips to Costco and various grocery stores, and it was like a combination of like Instacart and actually going to the stores. I'm curious, did you need to buy like you know one of those hamburgers for the top of your car or anything like that? Like we were lucky because you know we had three cars going to the same place, so we could split up the stuff. But are you like, did you have to get? Because I know people have been looking into getting those Thules or T H U L E. I don't know how you pronounce it exactly things for like the oh like the carrier things yeah yeah like the hamburgers that you put on top i've never heard them called hamburgers must be like a boston thing <laughs> i mean look at it it looks like a hamburger look at it come on mark say it in a good boston accent what do you- uh, i have terrible terrible at accents no i think we'll be able to fit everything in the back we are taking the the pizza oven with us so we're gonna do like the camp chef thing 
because we're going to do uh, pizza one night with everybody. And then we're going to do like the corn dog things that we make where we just have like a, a cast iron skillet, put oil in there. We, we have this special dip you make. You dip in the corn dogs and, and cook them. So that should be fun. That's going to take up a huge portion of the trunk space, but I think we'll be fine just without a hamburger or or whatever, a chalupa on top or... <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I, I know that I know you don't, you know, things aren't much different week to week with us and anything cool. You guys, your kids and anything neat. Did you, Did you get uh, your taxes done? Got my taxes done. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's of a money, big relief. So that was no good. Actually, I decided to, I mean, I should have been, I should have done this last year when I've owed as much money, but you know, I started paying estimated taxes for the first time. So that was a, I guess new experience for me i mean it was pretty straightforward you know i just sent them some money like they're not going to get mad about it did you pay did you pay with a credit card did i pay with a credit card no so i ended up i paid my i paid my regular taxes with a credit card but then um i'm not working on any sign-up bonuses right now and for the estimated taxes i only paid like a couple hundred dollars so i just sent it directly from my bank account it was just easier and it was like it was like 10 p.m on July 15th and I would need to get my Q1 and Q2 SMA taxes in and I hadn't done any research or anything like that. So I was like, I just got to get this done. I heard, uh, what is it? The 1081. That's I think what I use. I did. I paid, I did my taxes like forever ago, but I waited to pay until a couple days before the 15th of July because they extended it. So I might as well take that interest free, free loan from the government since they take it from us most of the time. But I, I saw reports of people like uh, 1080, if that's the right, whatever the one, it's a little bit cheaper than everybody else. But I guess that like crashed on tax day, like the day it was due. So I, I was curious if you got caught up in that. We got hit with a couple like, I think they, they were like 1.8% or 1.85 and everybody else was over two, something like that. Yeah, I didn't pay super close attention. You know me, I'm a stickler for details. So <laughs> <laughs> better move good on. Enough. Yeah, that is a good tip though. Uh, don't wait till the last, very last minute of the last day to pay because you can have issues. Don't be Joe. There was a there was one year I was trying to access my IRS account. If you don't know, you can log into your account and see all your payments and everything on their site. It was the day that the estimated payment was due and I needed to see something in there and I could not get access to my account. So I just had a guess. So always best to kind of do it a couple of days ahead of time. Yeah, let's get into the show because I think the first topic is one that's near and dear to our hearts and that's hotel suites. Is that just me that that loves hotel suites? I think you value them more than than I do. I don't know about Joe, but you get like excited when you get one by yourself. And I'm like, I don't really care when I'm by myself. <laughs> I do get yeah. excited. I, I, I'm i a hotel nerd. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I love hotel suites, but when I get it by myself, I'm like always disappointed because I'm like, I would rather have my family here with me. It's just, I seem it's to always get it when it's by myself. When my, because it, it's usually like a one night stay or two night stay when I'm by myself. So that's when they always give it to you because they're like, oh, yeah. we'll just put this guy in there. And then I'm like, Okay, like I'll go sit on this couch for 10 minutes just to say I sat here, but yeah, I mean last time I got one, I just took a nap on the couch because I was like, this is, feels like a waste to have this if I don't take a nap. <laughs> but that's what it's all about. Cause you could. If you didn't have the suite, you would have to take a nap on the bed. And how terrible would that be? I think it would be fine if it's a king size bed or two sides. <laughs> that is a problem. Like I can't watch TV in a bed. Like I've I'll get tired. So I do like that's why I like like Hyatt places. Because everything's kind of like a suite. So you have that like couch area that you can watch TV on. Because I don't know, laying down and watching TV never works for me. So I know you want to talk about like Hyatt Suites bookable are now bookable online, which is nice because anything that you have to call in for is just annoying. And especially this day and age. And I know I've I've taken over the Miles Memories uh, Twitter account a few times to complain to Hilton that 
You can't book their free night certs online, which is insane. And it's not in your account. So you know how I feel about this type of stuff. So it's nice to see that Hyatt has that. All the suites are available online now versus I think you could only do the club rooms before, right? Online. Yeah, they really opened it up. And I think that there's two sides to this because it does open the booking ability, which used to you have to call in to do it, makes it available to more people. But I think elites like globalists like myself or people who often got suite upgrades, there's going to be less of those available, especially at lower category hotels. Like, for example, a category one. I was just looking at the Hyatt Regency Wichita earlier, which is a 5,000 points per night category one. And the suite is 8,000 points per night for a standard suite. And that would be an upgrade that as a globalist, you would hope to get for free. But if they're just going to book that online, a lot of people may pay the 3,000 extra points and it's being presented to them as they book on the website. So I think it's a smart move for Hyatt because it's going to help them fill their premium rooms. But for elites who kind of got a lot of upgrades before, it's going to mean less upgrades overall, I think. What about you, Joe? What do you think about it? I feel like because I've globalist and I've always had good luck, you know, emailing beforehand, asking for suite upgrades and stuff like that. And that's worked pretty well, you know, so I I do agree. It's probably going to decrease. Well, I don't know. People keep saying it's going to decrease the number of suites out there, but how many people are really going to know to take advantage of this? Like, yes, travel hacking community will, but I don't think your general user is going to be able to figure that out. So I'm not super worried about inventory. I guess we'll see, but I always like to email and try to, you know, I like suites, but I like them even better if I'm getting them for free, wasting all that time and money getting globalists. So actually not actually free. So I probably should just use the points. But like I said, I'm not a stickler for details. But I mean, now it's just presented as any other room. So when you go to book at like the higher Regency Wichita, you say, I want to use points. One tab will have the regular room for 5,000 and the other tab will have the suite for 8,000. So that a lot of people didn't know about it before, I think, and they would have to go through extra steps to book it. Whereas this just presents it right to them. And so it just makes things easier. Like I said, it's a smart move for Hyatt because it's going to ensure that the suites are booked by the people who want them and it removes that barrier to entry. But I just feel like there will be less suite upgrades for globalists, but I don't think this is the end of the world, Joe. I agree with you that it's not going to be like every single suite is now booked because they can be reserved online. I mean, like, I think this is with everything that's been going on, plus this, and I wouldn't be surprised if other chains do this. You know, this is just kind of like a further erosion of the value of status. I just think it's not going to be what it used to be. I mean, people are like renting RVs and stuff. There's no status for that. So it'll be really interesting to see how this change now looks or has an effect two years from now. Yeah, I agree. Mark, you have anything to add on uh on the suites, are you excited that you're going to book some online? What I've always done for suites is, especially when you're doing a uh, guest of honor booking for me. <laughs> but um, what I'll do is, if if I reach out, if I really really want a suite, I'll reach out to the hotel ahead of time. I've done it like the Hyatt Regency Orlando a few times. Have a room booked on points and just reach out to like the general manager or uh, the service desk or something and say, "Hey, I would like a suite. Do you offer anything?" And a lot of times they'll give it to you for like fifty dollars more, which is depending on the category is going to be way less than you would pay in points. So I'd go that route first, but it is nice. Like I might, if we're doing something special and there's like a presidential suite, you can book at the crazy prices. I might do that once just for fun, but for the most part, it's not a huge deal to me. So this is something that happens often with travel hacking is that uh, you end up being able to take advantage of benefits of a program that have a higher barrier to entry. Like, you know, with uh, some programs like calling in, you have to call in to book awards. I know Mark doesn't like to do that. I don't like to do that all that often either. 
but it keeps those awards alive. Whereas in this case, this benefit, I know a lot of people probably book these suites over the phone and it's just, it's just sort of opening it up. So it's, it's a double-sided sword, a double-edged sword. Overall, I think it's good for customers, probably. It's good for most people, probably bad for me, good for most people out there. And certainly good for casual people who have high points, have chase points, and book occasional highs, but don't have the status to be able to sort of talk their way into an upgrade. And uh, with that, I think uh, let's move on to this next topic, because I'll have Mark sort of introduce it, because I know you, you sort of teased that you have some sort of a challenge or plan coming. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but... Benji wrote a great post. It just went live on the site uh, this week. It's about basically taking your cash out from a credit card and kind of juicing it up by playing with your retirement and tax-free vehicles that you can have, right? Mark, do you want to kind of yeah. explain explain what your sort of take is on it? Yeah, it kind of it allows you to almost double dip a little bit uh, your cash back. So let's say you're earning cash back. Let's say you get like the Bank of America premium rewards card with a $500 cash bonus. What Benji is saying is if you take that $500 instead of using it towards travel or whatever, and you put it into an investment vehicle like uh, an IRA, you get to deduct that on your taxes. So that's $500 that you didn't pay taxes on to earn because it's credit card points, which the only thing that's taxed right now is referrals. So you got $500 tax-free. Then you put it into an IRA, which lessens your tax load. Let's say you make $100,000 a year. Now you'll only get taxed for $99,500 a year. So you get a little bit of tax break there. If you're in like the 20% bracket, you know, 20% of 500 is $100. So that saves you $100 in taxes. So that's one way you can look at it. Another way is if you are under the earn level for a Roth IRA, that allows you to earn interest tax-free. So when you go to withdraw, you don't pay any taxes on it. Now, since this these points and miles that you're earning, you're earning without paying tax on them. Essentially, you're putting tax-free money into an investment vehicle that is earning without having to pay taxes on the long run. So you're basically double dipping it. It's self-explanatory. It seems like something, duh, but I don't think it's something we've all thought about much. And with all these new cash out opportunities and sitting on miles and points from cancellations and not traveling much, I think it's something everybody should look at, something to consider if you want to boost up your retirement savings. I I think it's a good idea. Now, he does bring up the point that you have to have earnings to be able to, to take advantage of these things for pretty much everybody here, that's not a problem that's listening. But I know Benji looks at things a different way because he doesn't have like a normal income stream since he is retired. So that is something that you have to play around with. So it's kind of like moving money from the the points of miles to your bank account to pay off other things. And then you use your income to, to invest, but you can do it all with the same money. But logistically, it has to seem like it's, I don't know. But read the post on that, the nitty gritty details, I guess. What do you guys think about it? I think it's a great strategy. So much of Benji's stuff is really in-depth, so you have to read it a few times. And he's just giving great ideas, and he's giving great perspective for people who are younger and starting out. And uh, I think it's a it's a good strategy, and I still have to read it a few more times. I've read it, I don't know, a, a few times already, and uh, I'm still kind of going back in there and saying, oh, yeah, that makes that makes sense. But overall, I think it's a sound strategy, and I think people have to decide, you know, there's complications, there's a lot of planning involved, but I think that it's great food for thought and I think it'll be good actionable advice for a lot of people. What about you, Joe? Yeah. So I like the article and I, I was thinking like, I've been thinking separately, you know, I've been starting. You're to thinking maybe, maybe you're going to actually take advantage of that Sapphire reserve and cash out some points. No, <laughs> no. Those, what? Those, those points are going to send my kids to college. <laughs> 
So, you know, I was thinking like, I've been reading about backdoor Roth IRAs and stuff like that and how you can um, protect yourself from taxes for that. I think the, I, this is one, like you said, Sean, it's one of those things where fire people probably like know it off the top of their heads, but I feel like I have to like read it like 10 times before I get what's going on. But like, I think the general idea is you contribute to a traditional IRA and then, you know, you backdoor it into a Roth or whatever. So I'm curious whether like you can kind of, I think that's for people that are like having issues at, at the earning level of a Roth. Cause I, I forget what the cap is, but if you earn over so much, you can't take advantage of a Roth. But if you put in it into an IRA first, that knocks you down below the level and then you can transfer it over. I think oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. Now I remember why I started reading about it. And then I was like, oh, I don't need to bother because I don't make enough money. <laughs> and just as a word of warning, this is just uh, for entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. That's our, our uh, CYA uh, little section yeah, there from Sean. Yeah, that's our little disclaimer there. But with so. that said, I mean, this is this is good stuff. And Benji continues to write good financial independent stuff, personal finance stuff for the site. And I highly recommend checking his stuff out. Um, we'll put the article, the link to this article in the show notes, but also clicking through some of his financial independence articles. Uh, as Mark said, he's retired, but he is you know, not much older than us. Uh, he's certainly not a, an old man at all. He's retired very young. He planned really well. And yet he's willing to share some of the mistakes he's made, some of the, the wins he's had over the, over the years. And he's really just a brilliant mind. So uh, I feel like this is a great strategy for people to sort of understand how you can take something from here and put it over there and move, move things around. And it may work for some people. It may not work for others, but do you want me to do my, yeah. Teaser? Yeah. What, what was, okay. what's your hold challenge? On, hold on, hold on. Before, before you go to your challenge, I just got a pro tip for you guys. Benji, like Sean said, is like super smart and all on top of these things. He does not have Facebook or any social media. So <laughs> coincidence, I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I certainly can't, can't fault him for that. No, sorry. How can anybody ahead, not live on Twitter all day, Joe? Hey, okay. It pays the bill. It pays the bills. <laughs> yeah. So what I was thinking, and I've, I've been kicking around for a little bit and then going back and forth with Benji on this post when we, when we were planning it and, and he was pitching it and everything kind of made me think. So what I think I'm going to do, we've been saving up to, to purchase a house. We need to get to a bigger house and we're trying to get closer to the kid's school. So that's where like all our focus has been. And we're like almost there, like probably this next summer or whatever. Um, so I can start, you know, focusing on other important things like the, my kid's future and their college savings, which we haven't done such a great job of. What I'm trying to do or what I want to do is I want to open up a, a Roth IRA and uh, I'll, I'm going to do a post on this. So I'll go into details when I'm doing Roth instead of doing a, a college, traditional college savings plan. But I want to open up one of those and then try to put $500 a month in there. And I'm going to update it monthly like how much I put in each month, where I where I came up with it, you know, where the money came from, from bank offers, credit card uh, welcome offers, or from cashing in points, stuff like that. So it's kind of setting a goal for myself, and then I'll share where the five hundred dollars came from each month, and then how the investments are doing and stuff, and and you can track it like over the years of where it's at and and how much it's grown. So I think that'd be something interesting that I would enjoy reading. So I figured I'd do it, and then it will give me some uh, some reason to stick to it. Look forward to that. I'll write that when I get back from vacation. Because I'm on vacation right now. <laughs> hashtag content. Got to make that thanks for thanks content. for being here on vacation, Mark. Yeah, anything for, for you guys. Cheers. Yes, Mark is. Uh, See, Sean, Sean said I could drink beer just this one time because I'm on vacation. 
You were drinking beer last week. What are you talking about? Have we ever done an episode where you didn't drink beer? What are you even talking? Like, I don't even understand what you're talking about right now. Nobody saw it before. (laughs) They're going to see it every week now. I can always tell by uh, how much you uh, give me a hard time, depending on how depending, many depending on as we get deeper into the show, he might, you know, a longer yeah, show. Like if, than, I, if, than, I, if I've recorded something before this, then I definitely give you even a, more of a hard time. <laughs> yeah, I never. Yeah, like he and then definitely never record with him right after he did a happy hour with uh, with Bethany because <laughs> then he's then he's just rough. But let's let's talk about travel. We're, we're trying to kind of inspire people and try to bring topics to people that we feel are interesting and a little bit different from the redundancy of the world these days. And so Ryan to that, you know, down that path, he had an excellent article, five places that you should visit. And Ryan's another great uh, contributor on our site. He's traveled to how many countries, Mark, like 140? Yeah, I think he's like right at 140, I believe. I think that's where Corona stopped him. (laughs) So he makes my like 70-ish countries look kind of sad. Uh, by comparison. And that's perfectly good because I really respect his sort of views on the world and his views on travel. Uh, So yeah, he wrote these five countries. So we thought we'd talk about them. And then maybe I'll see if Joe and Mark will come up with countries of their own that they could add. But uh, they said I have to pronounce all these countries so that I'm the one who looks like a fool when I say (laughs) I'm wrong. That's right. I pitched pitched in the Facebook group when I shared this post. I was like, we should like have a game where Ryan just lists places he's been or like he can make fictitious names and we have to guess if it's a legit place he's been or if he just made it up. Cause I think we'd get some wrong. <laughs> okay. So the first one is Liechtenstein. I can't say it. He I totally I can say it in my it. head. He totally ignored what you said. <laughs> because I was so concentrated. On trying to so say it. You guys, you, guys, you, know, so, you guys psyched me out with this. Cause I can I know say what, that in my head. I know head what he did for like fine. 20 minutes before this episode was he just Googled. How do you say? <laughs> no, I didn't. I should have. <laughs> oh yeah. You should have the computer read it for I'm you. not good with like with like German uh, <laughs> names, so Liechtenstein. I don't know, but uh, we know that it's German. But I, I think it's a I hard ch. Do. I think it's a hard ch. Liechtenstein. Okay, nobody. See, knows. We're not crazy. So it's between Switzerland and Austria. I think a lot of people have heard of it, certainly, and it's a micro nation. I didn't know this. It's only fifteen miles by seven point seven miles. I like that. That it's so tiny, and it's cool. He said you can walk into it, which is kind of cool. It's like a two-hour walk from a major city which I found kind of interesting. I mean, I know there's other places you can walk into, like I believe on the U.S.-Mexico border you can walk through, but I thought that was kind of unique. Yeah, it's uh, it looks like a cool thing and an, obviously an easy way to get another country if you're counting countries. Um, I believe the easiest way to get there is to drive. They don't have a, a big airport or mm-hmm. very often rail service. So it's good to drive there, but he said really good place. They use the Swiss franc and we'll start there with that. Here's, here, let's move on to the next place. We'll kind of get a little bit more exotic, and that's Eritrea, which I do believe I said right, hopefully. Never, never heard of that before this, so that, that would have been one I might have gotten wrong. I'm the, I'm the game, yeah. Sean, ignored. I thought it was from, like, Lord of the Rings or something, so you know, pretty ignorant. <laughs> well, it is in Africa, and it's uh, between Sudan, Ethiopia, and Djibouti, Mark. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he talks about it being an Italian colony. I didn't know that, so it was an Italian colony in Africa, which is sort of rare, and a lot of the Italian influence is still there with older people who learned Italian. And there's a recent history of violence there too, which is sort of interesting. And I noticed in the comments, some of the comments on this post have gone very negative and very political. He was sharing his experiences about places that he found interesting and enjoyable to travel. 
And as someone who's been to some really horrific places and seen the aftermath of some horrific violence as I traveled around the world, it doesn't mean you can't find something interesting that you can't learn, you can't enrich yourself from it. So just keep that in mind. I don't know. That's a, my personal thing. I don't know if you guys have ever traveled to a place that sort of has a, a checkered past, but you're able to learn and, and the whole experience of going there is a positive one. Does that happen to you guys, Joe? It's funny you say it like that, because technically, doesn't everywhere we visit have a checkered past? Like everyone's been sure. involved in wars and stuff like that. And I know you're going to ask us later what countries we add to this list. And so spoiler alert, I'll just give mine now. Like I was thinking, well, Ryan did not post it as like five countries you've never heard of or whatever. So just places you should visit. And I feel like Japan is a place that should definitely be on people's list. It's such a unique country and it's just so special and it's so amazing there. But if you think about Japan, uh, yeah, they have a pretty checkered past considering the rape of Nanking and all the atrocities that they did in World War II. So the reality is, you know, no country in this world is free of having a checkered past unless maybe they're the colonized ones. But even then, you know, there's always something dark. So, you know, I think all those every passport people, like every single country has something to offer. So, you know, I definitely am appreciative that Ryan shared, uh, you know, these countries that I hadn't thought of traveling to before. Yeah, I agree with you. I I know that through experience. I think that you probably do too, John Mark, that visiting places, every place that I've ever visited, even when I haven't had the most positive experience has sort of helped me grow. And so I feel like they all have something to offer. And Eritrea certainly has an interesting history of the military aspect. But Ryan says that the people there are incredibly friendly. It's a cheap place to to go. And uh, like I said, I trust his his viewpoint for picking that one out of uh, a lot of the surrounding areas that he's been to. And the next one we'll talk about is Nepal. And this is a place I have been. Let's talk about Kathmandu first, because for people who like miles and points, Kathmandu does have points options, including a Hyatt Regency uh, for those Hyatt lovers out there like myself. A Category 1 Hyatt Regency, actually. Oh, get those suites for cheap. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> And it's sort of a crazy hotel because it's among the nicest hotels in the city. And it sits on this giant compound. Now, uh, Joe had talked about he he hasn't been to Nepal and he remembered uh, somebody in the Miles and Points community, uh, Jonk. That's his username, right? On Twitter, at Jonk, J-O-N-K. Yep, Jonathan Koo. Yeah, Jonathan Koo. He was Louis in and Jonk and everything today. <laughs> he was in Kathmandu during the big earthquake they had a few years ago, though. And he uh, got to experience you know, what it's like to be in a developing country during a massive earthquake. And it was a really sort of trying experience. I was there a couple years after. And um, it's, yeah, Kathmandu itself, it's just a big crowded city with a lot of traffic. It's not my favorite place in the world I've ever visited. I'm glad I got there. Unfortunately, I was on a tight trip. I wasn't able to get outside of Kathmandu. And that is what I've heard is just amazing. I heard it from people when I was there talking to people who had traveled into the mountains. Uh, Of course, you know, some people go uh, on expeditions, they go to the Everest base camp from there. There's all kinds of hiking and national parks and things that you can get to. So it's a really nice country for doing outdoor stuff. They're very tourist friendly there, pretty cheap as well. Kathmandu is a very uh, interesting city, but like so many capital cities uh, across the, the world, I guess, they're just, it's not that interesting by itself, but certainly the outdoors experiences you can have in Nepal are pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Either of you guys want to climb Mount Everest or, or do anything like, like that or? No. Or too, or too I, would, I would go to I would go to like base camp maybe, but I would not go above that. Like get flown into base camp and just hang out with all the people because I think it'd be kind of a cool experience. I feel like they're kind of like their own little 
group of people, you know, like kind of miles and points community, like they probably all know each other and see each other on the regular. So I think it'd be kind of cool just to hang out there for like a day or two and experience that. But too many people die and I'm, <laughs> I would probably make it like a, a mile up and, and pass out from exhaustion. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a I, I did Fuji. That was fine. You know, I didn't need to have an oxygen tank or stuff like that. Diamond member Julie Bree says she did it. So respect and props to her. But yeah, I think that's just too much for me. And the stories of it getting overcrowded these days and things like that, like it just it's not for me. I will say as far as Kathmandu, flying into Kathmandu is pretty amazing. Um, you're getting views of all the mountains surrounding the city. And it's a it's just one of the more stunning approaches I've ever seen going into a city or an airport. So definitely recommend it. I don't have anything against Kathmandu. I just was sort of sad with myself that I didn't have time to really get out of the city because I felt like from everybody I talked to that, that that's the best sort of, you know, places. There's so many places to go outside of the capital that are I feel like that's um, that's kind of like Dublin and stuff like every, everybody always wants to go to Dublin and enjoy Dublin. And and uh, even the people that live in Dublin are like, don't come here, you know, go everywhere else, like get outside of here. That's where all the beauty is. That's where all the, the mystique is. The actual city of Dublin is actually kind of small and there's, I mean, a couple days is fun, but it gets old after a little bit. So I feel like that's most big cities, the surrounding areas, especially if it's like a nature focused country is something worth checking out and, and try to expand outwards. And yeah, one last thing to say about Nepal is the people were amazing there. I do want to say that I really enjoyed uh, talking to people and learning about both the Hindu and the, the Buddhist traditions for, for the people there and seeing some some interesting sites I hadn't seen elsewhere, traditional like Hindu uh, death sites where they sort of burn the bodies and they basically when somebody dies, they carry them through the, the streets, the family does, to this very special place on the river and, and cremate them. And it's all done as soon as possible. And I had heard of those uh, kind of in India and elsewhere, heard of those traditions, but I hadn't had a chance to experience them. And I'm glad I, I'm glad I did. So definitely Nepal is worth checking out. And then the next one is Azerbaijan, which is another country I think a lot of people probably have heard of, just don't know where it's at. I know that Brian describes it between Russia and Iran on the Caspian Sea. It's one that I've had on my list to go for a long time. I've heard good things from like the, the people that travel, like Ryan, that travel everywhere. And it's sort of a little harder to get to. But I found this one to be the most interesting for me, like personally, like my travel style and everything, just like. The architecture, he says the architecture is really cool and, you know, inspirations from from uh, Russia and Iran and stuff. And and I thought it was funny that the customs agent shook his hand when he said he was visiting <laughs> when he was visiting just for pleasure, because it's such a uh, business focused city and there's not much tourism that happens there. I, I like more of the city aspect. I like I love architecture, um, stuff like that. Like I'm, I'd rather look at buildings than go to museums and look at paintings. So. I think that's something that definitely he put on my radar that I hadn't really considered before. So thanks for that, Ryan. Thanks, man. Joe, are you going to take the family to Azerbaijan? Uh, No, probably not. I, I found since I had kids that I'm just like, it's it's just tough for me to like. Just traveling. say boring. Just say yeah, boring. boring. I'm boring. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> it's like traveling with kids. It's it's like already enough stress. You know, like I, I've said to you a million times, Sean, I have like so much respect with for what you did with Sean Reese, um, you know, when he was in third grade or whatever. Cause like, I just feel like I would lose my mind with stress, like not knowing where I was going to stay and things like that. So I don't only want to stick to the big cities, but I'd at least like to stick to countries where I 
kind of, I feel like until the kids get older, we're probably going to revisit a lot of countries we've been to before, but just check out different areas of that. Um, so that's going to be a lot of Europe, a lot of Asia, just because, you know, it's, it's so mentally taxing to travel with kids already and to be worried about, and, you know, our youngest still has some health issues and stuff like that. So Azerbaijan could be super simple and easy and stuff like that. But just because I have no familiarity with it, like it's so much activation energy to even do the research to get there that it's just something that's going to have to wait. All right. And that actually leads us perfectly into the last one on his list, which is Honduras. And this is a country I've actually been to on a limited basis. Now, most people go to Honduras off of a cruise ship and the Isle of Roatan, and that's all heavily touristy. And it's not very nice from what I've heard. I actually haven't been there. But what Ryan talked about, and I can second this, is the Copan Ruinas, which is in its Mayan ruins uh, in Honduras, very close to the Guatemalan border in a town called Copan. And the ruins there are among the best I've seen. I've been to a lot of the major ruin sites throughout Mexico and Central America, and the ruins there were amazing. It's not very easy to get to. I remember we went there, and this is back when my son was seven years old, when we were backpacking through Central America, and we went there kind of through a series of stops. So we had kind of would go town to town and spend a day there or whatever. And uh, so we kind of crossed overland into Honduras. So uh, in the article, Ryan has a good, he has kind of explains how you can get there a little bit easier. But yeah, I remember it being amazing. I remember being uh, kind of blown away by these ruins. And I had just in that same trip been to Chichen Itza and, and Tikal and all the major, like I said, a, a bunch of major sites throughout the area. And these ones stood out for just the, for how intact they are and how how uh, robust they are. But then also he mentions the food. I remember the food in Honduras being really good. Lots of grilled meats and lots of good stuff and the people really friendly. And that's, you know, it's, my experience there was amazing. I remember like we, back, like I said, we backpacked with a child through Central America and everybody's saying, mostly through Guatemala and everybody is saying, well, it's dangerous. Look at the murder rates, look at all of this stuff. And we never ran into any of that. I just ran into incredibly friendly people and uh, great experiences. And if you, we use common sense and uh, it seemed to, to do well by us, but yeah, the, and he mentions the pupusas too. The pupusas in that whole area of the world are amazing as well. So I'm glad he put that on there. I don't know that he knew that I had been to Copan Ruinas, but I, I second that. I don't think either of you guys have been to Honduras or anywhere in Central America, right? I have not, but Honduras actually is on my list, and I guess this is a little bit of cheating. Yes, it's an unknown. I don't know the country very well. However, I have a buddy of mine who is retired, and he's from Honduras, and what he did was he bought a couple of houses, and he's turned them into you know, vacation homes and Airbnbs and stuff like that. So we've always talked about, you know, I can throw some business his way and like he spends half the year in Honduras. And so I could hang out with him there. So, you know, that's a situation, obviously, like I said, it's a little bit of cheating, but you know, I'd feel so much more comfortable hanging out with uh, my buddy. I'm happy to rent a house from him and stuff like that. And, you know, he always tells me about how amazing Honduras is. And so of course, you know, if you have a local connection, that's the best way to experience a country. I totally agree. And I think Honduras is great. I think that we're, we're running a little long here. So I thought I would definitely ask you guys to, to pick a country that you think would belong on this on this list. So do you want to start us off, Mark? I don't really have anything. I've been all like on the, the very beaten path. So I don't have anything that people don't think of to go to and should. So I'll have to uh, abstain. Okay. What about you, Joe? I know you've been to some off the beaten path places. Yeah. So... 
like I said, uh, Japan, you know, I, I feel like I think Mark bringing up Dublin is a great point, especially if you're maybe someone like me who's not as comfortable going to a country that you're not as familiar with. Well, you can still get off the beaten path in that country. So Ireland is a great example. Well, obviously, I mean, Ireland is going to be much easier regardless because of the English usage. But, you know, when my wife and I went to Ireland, we spent five days driving around the country. And I guess that was a little bit uncomfortable because we were driving on the other side of the road and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not that bad. Although there are some very tight roads uh, within hedgerows that can be rough. But, you know, we explored the island and it was beautiful. I mean, it was one of our best trips. I mean, that was our baby moon, but it's always been on the list of places to take our kids back. Um, and you can rent like little houses um, in the country, or you can um, check out the um, Dingle Peninsula. You know, there's just so many great things to do off the beaten path, even in countries that you're familiar with. So Mark brought up Dublin. So that made me think of Ireland. Uh, I add Japan there, you know, like I said, I'm not going to go too far off the beaten path, but I can go to a country that I've been to and go off the beaten path there. Makes sense. For me, the, the country is Guatemala that I'll add to it. And I think it goes perfectly with what I said about Honduras. Uh, with Guatemala, we spent about two months backpacking all across that country. So it was obviously the tourist places where people go like Antigua and uh, Chichicastenango, but also just amazing volcanoes all around Lake Atitlan, all throughout the Western Highlands of Guatemala. They have just amazing little towns with people who are so friendly. I've never actually been felt more accepted by locals than I did in Guatemala. Uh, just there was very little barrier between me and them, especially as I was speaking more Spanish at the time. It just felt like they welcomed us wherever we went. And just the, the experiences, the, the history of the Mayans, seeing a lot of the Mayan culture still active in that area, even more so than you see it like in the Yucatan just a lot of uh, you know people who still are very much entrenched in the Mayan culture, you know, learning about the history, the very sad history of the country, but seeing how the people have prevailed and then a lot of great outdoor stuff. The food in Guatemala is pretty good, but most of the best food comes from their neighbors. But yeah, just a really neat country, fun to, to travel around. It does have a fairly, you know, it does have crime, just like a lot of the countries in the area, but we never felt in danger and just using common sense, we're fine. And like I said, we traveled all over the country using, using what they call chicken buses, which are just old U.S. school buses that uh, that go around. And it's just one of my favorite travel experiences ever. And it's a country that I think we'll be going back to with Ellie uh, within about the next year. As soon as we can travel again, I think it's really high on the list because it's easy enough to get to. And I just want to go back and revisit a lot of those uh, cool places that we took Sean Reese back when he was about her age. So that is definitely a good suggestion. I think I don't know. I think this topic was fun. I enjoyed talking about it. And I think the article is really fun. So check out the link in the description so you can read about what Ryan thought and why he explained why all these places are, are worth going to. Let's get into the rapid fire. Mark, you want to start us off? Yeah, the first one is from Benji. He wrote about the Target Red card and why he's starting to use it again um, and, fo- and being more of a focus. I know this is popular like among the regular folk, uh, I guess you could say, instead of the miles and points people, but it does have a lot of uh, perks that, uh, you know, we can take advantage of too. So he kind of goes through rehashes why he's focusing on it again and why you should consider it. One thing I haven't really dug into is they always have those like get a $40 off $40 coupons when you sign up and you can sign up with a debit card. I believe you can like double dip that with different bank accounts or if you close one and then open another one. So that's also an option, something that you might be able to take advantage of. So I have to look in more into that. And whenever I get time and do it, I'll, I'll bring it up here. But 
yeah so check that out and then sean what did you have so i have a we have a class action lawsuit uh for iphone owners if you owned a six six plus six s six s plus se or a seven or seven plus and there's a website that you can go to we'll put the link in the in the description to our post which has a link to the website and on the website it if you have the serial numbers of your phone uh, so anyway you can get a 25 dollars cash payment if you owned any of those uh, based on how many people actually make a claim it could go down i suppose um, i tried to do it earlier right before the show and if you don't have the serial numbers there's a lookup form that you can do with your apple id and your address and i couldn't get it to work i did it and the first time like they give you a suggested address so I accepted that and it said couldn't find me. And then I just went with the way I say my address or the way I pl plug it in because my zip code comes up two different cities for some reason. So I put it in the city that we always use and then it works. So that's something worth noting is don't take the address. And I think it has to be the address that you lived at when you when you bought the phone or yeah. whatever. So um, those two things. And their website also says use different variations of your name, like first initial. So I tried every combination I could think of, and I think I have documentation somewhere where I can find those serial numbers, but yeah, give it a try. And if you own one of those phones, you should be able to get $25 per phone to settle, you know, file that. So we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes and uh, Joe, do you have a rapid fire this week? Yep. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, how American airlines responded to a dot complaint for one of the people whose accounts was shut down because of all the credit card mailer stuff. And it was like a very excessive filing. It was like 25 pages. So Craig from Middle Age Miles did a great analysis of the filing, kind of what it might mean for the future, whether American Airlines might have overplayed their hand. And he's a lawyer. Um, and so and he was a loyal AA uh, executive platinum, like we've talked about this in previous episodes, who did lose his account for a couple of these mailers, even though the majority of his miles earned were legitimately. So I would encourage people to check that out. Uh, it's at Middle Age Miles. We'll put the link in the show notes, but it's a really, at the very least, it's a good popcorn fodder for, you know, if you want to read what's going on with uh, American Airlines. All right. And that's going to do it for us. Uh, Joe, where can people find you during the week when they're not listening to this amazing, fine podcast? You can find my newsletter, tinyletter.com slash as a Joe flies podcasting about miles and points, severosity, observation deck.com and podcasting about Disney at Disney decipher.com. What about you, Mark? You can find me on Twitter, McCosty 1038, uh, email me, Mark at miles to memories.com. Join our Facebook groups. I'm in there all the time. I won't be there this week, but any other week, you know, comment on any of the articles on the website, miles to memories.com. And, and I'll respond to you there. How about you, Sean? Just going to say, Mark is getting a well-deserved vacation. So thank you again for all the hard work that you do. And Joe, too, thank you for all the work that you do as well on editing the show. Uh, for me, I just want to say youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We're doing a lot of YouTube content, a lot of Vegas content right now. But this podcast, parts of the podcast are going to end up there. And we have a lot of other content coming uh, as far as travel hacking and travel and miles and points, credit cards. So please subscribe, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And uh, yeah, check out the website. We have about 50 posts a week, milestomemories.com, all kinds of deals, news, tips, hacks, tricks, things like we discussed here. So, so happy to have you listening, watching, reading, and thank you so much for being there. And we'll see you guys next time. Do you see him run right over me when I was trying to give you props, Joe? 
Yeah, I, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. Why don't you get me started? It's just like a, I'm like a semi truck down no, the trying, highway, man. I was trying the to bread, say, bread. Joe worked during his vacation too, and you just were like, oh, and I'm Sean. Rawr. Like I hey, said, Mark. man, you, you, you start the engine, it just keeps going down the highway. Mark, real talk though. Enjoy your vacation, man. Take care. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate it. And stay safe, everybody. Whose booty? Yeah, what yeah, you saying about booty. his booty? This is a family show, Sean. Come on. What's the capital of Djibouti, Joe? It's Djibouti. Uranus. I, know, I know this one. Yeah. That's the kind of humor you get on this uh, fine podcast. <laughs>